1: Should I start things off?
2: By all means.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Saturday. You know what that means, right, big man?
3: Yes, it is. It's the first podcast of 2021. Hello, everyone. You know what that means?
2: <laughs>
3: Hello. Do you know what that means, sis?
2: No. What does it mean?
1: Well, you do the intro first, don't you?
2: I do actually, don't I? My gosh. Welcome to the first. And that's where we messed up, uh, episode of 2021. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy, Happy, New Year. Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Ah, so this week, topic, I don't know, once again, I am blind. What's happening?
3: Okay, so I need to take both of you back a few years ago. And don't be wrong, a hell of a lot has happened, but... This was a very bizarre night where we I was at your place, Shan, with you, bruv, and we started watching, uh, well, what should have been a horror movie night, slowly became a wrestling night. And we stood, well, we sat, we laughed, we saw some bizarre matches, including, well, the Wyatts versus the uh, New Day, that very much became like a horror movie. Remember that? Oh,
2: my. Yes. <laughs> I, I can't forget that. I mean, I just okay. I think I said before in the previous uh, wrestling episode, I used to be into wrestling. I stopped. Um, the boys continued, and then we had this night because I think what it, it became because we were like, I think we've been speaking about wrestling, and I was like, "What is this? What, what, what?" And then you kept saying things like, "Oh, elimination!" Like, "What? What? What? What, what does that mean?" And then you came round and educated me on. A, a very bizarre... I mean, a, yeah, a very bizarre... If you haven't been to wrestling for ages and you go back into it and you see something that's like a hillbilly torture nightmare as a, oh, this is wrestling. I was like, <laughs> what happened? How did we get here? What happened?
3: Yeah. yeah. We, we Why saw, is this happening? We saw a hell of a lot. Some things we can talk about and some things I just don't want to remember. But we'll get to that at a later date. But... Something actually hit home with me, and it was a video that brub showed us, which was a tribute to one Dusty Rhodes.
2: Oh. That's
3: you remember good. that, brub?
1: Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, the the American dream. Hell yeah. Yes. Oh. Which was
3: an absolutely moving video that WWE actually did when they want to put their minds to it, of course. And it kind of got me thinking over the last couple of weeks about icons of wrestling, people who've set the tone that wrestlers today follows so mm-hmm. today's topic is the icons of wrestling now this is an interesting one because there there is hundreds but they're in, in no order i'm just gonna throw out a couple names out there and please if you disagree let us know be interested to see what you people think but before we get started i need to say a few words of condolences to one john harbour aka mr Brody lee AKA Mr. Lee. Luke Harper. Yeah, tragically uh, passed away a couple of days ago, which completely shocked the wrestling world. Now, those who know about Mr. Broly Lee's work, from the Wyatt family to the Bludgeon Brothers to his last run in AEW, he was adored by everyone he worked with. I mean, the tributes alone that I've seen over the past couple of days, they've hit hard. I mean, recently AEW actually had a tribute show. Now, bearing in mind, I need to stress something about this. Mr. Harbour was only with AEW for what? Give or take, what? Three months, bruv, would you say?
1: Barely. Like, yeah, I would say, I'll probably say a, f- a couple of months, three, four at the most, maybe? Really? <laughs> yeah. He was, because he, he basically got released from WWE after, like, not being happy with how mm. his treatment. Because one thing about Luke Harper or Brody Lee, aka John Huber, is that he, is a talented wrestler. One, he could go in the ring very easily. He, ha- he has a really menacing look, so he could be a really good um, heel. Um, mm. and, he, and, and like he's a very good worker, a very good worker in the ring. Like, you could, like he does, he puts on very enjoyable matches. But for some reason, the higher ups didn't know how to use him. And it made no sense whatsoever. He was always underused or not used properly. So he got creatively frustrated. So he was finally given his release and then he ended up in AEW. Big man.
3: Now, when he finally arrived, he was a member of a very interesting faction called the Dark Order. Correct?
1: Yes, sir. Okay.
3: And within the space of a couple of weeks, he went from mid-card to main event. Wow. Oh, yeah. And what I loved was his persona was a piss take of Vince McMahon. <laughs> I'm
2: always for that.
3: Yeah.
1: And you know, he denied it, but. Um... Yeah. But everyone did. <laughs> yeah. It was him.
3: And everyone loved it. And, you know I mean? Within weeks, he captured the TNT title. And I thought it was really bizarre because we saw him. He had the champion. He had a rematch, lost the title. And didn't see him for a couple of weeks, but you know I mean? is a big company, getting bigger. there's a lot of talents, everyone gets their screen time.
1: And plus we and are, we are during the pandemic as well, so. Yeah,
3: yeah exactly. And then suddenly, I mean, a mate of mine messaged me, he ran back late in the morning saying, is this true? I'm like, I have no idea. I went, surely not. And then to see, it was concerned that he tragically passed away due to a non-COVID-19 incident. It just shot the wrestling world. And one thing that's got me already is this man was in WWE for nearly three years, I would say, completely adored by everyone he worked with. I mean, the tributes you see all the superstars doing has been something. But WWE fucked up here, yeah? and I'm sorry to swear, yeah. For a I man that,
1: I am, I'm that... They fucked <laughs> up. They royally fucked up.
3: Yeah. For being there for so long. It was a little five second tribute of just having his face saying, uh, rest in peace, compared to AEW, where it's probably been there a month. They had a whole tribute show to him. They've signed his son to a long term contract. His son's only eight years old. Wow. So I mean, Does he want to? Rep?
2: I mean, then again, after the stuff I've seen already... Um with other children in wwe Mm. um i'm not not surprised so yeah yeah, but
1: but things like it's kind of like it gives him a choice so like when he gets older he wants to be wrestling he's got he's got a a, a potential job to look forward to so you know so 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 basically it's kind of like aew is looking after brody's family yeah so you know i i i hands up to them they they or hands down to them they they they're looking after their, their own which I yeah, can't that's, see.
2: that's a good thing you can't you can't you can't do you know what I mean as parent myself yeah, that's something that gives you a bit of comfort when you're like oh okay anything happens at least my kid's taken care of kind of thing yeah,
1: yeah. look it's, fun, no, it's funny I'm sorry to interrupt you but it's funny because like yeah, I, I remember um, in WWE there was a wrestler called uh, Eddie Guerrero again another oh,
2: Eddie Guerrero yeah,
1: yeah an amazing wrestler loved by yeah. everybody mm. yeah you could say he's an icon but um, yeah but, and like when he passed graceful, away.
2: when I think Eddie Guerrero saw
1: Yeah, he's very graceful, very graceful. Barely any botches me came to his rest of the moves. Um, but, like, when it came to when he, when he passed away, um, Vince told his late wife, Ricky Guerrero, that no matter what happens, your family will not want for, like, they'll always have a place in the, right. the yeah, WWE.
3: Completely.
1: But. I don't know if anyone I don't know if you if you heard about it sis, but um there was a, there was a, there was a, an event that everyone refers to as Black Wednesday when it came to um um the wrestling world where they started Xing people out of the company for um you know yes. because of um, the pandemic and they weren't making enough money even though it was basically WWE's most financial profit the profitable year ever um and Aiden English, who had been with the company for quite a few years, who's technically married to um Eddie Guerrero's um daughter. Yep, yep, yeah, yep, he got he got yep. he got X. And it's like, mm. wait, you said they would never want, you said they'll always have a place there, but when okay, so so when money when apparently you're losing money, even though you're not really losing money, yeah, that that, that shit goes out the window. Okay, okay, thanks, WWE. <laughs> keep that keep that I'll keep that in mind for future reference.
2: <laughs> I, I, uh, I mean duh, I think in the future We're going to have to At some point Touch upon the shady The shady-ish And the ways that People have been treated And abandoned By <laughs> by wrestling I think that will definitely yeah. Be an interesting Future episode to do mm-hmm. Because it does mean I think we need to Touch upon things like Chris Benoit mm-hmm. And
0: <laughs> yeah, For real yeah, and, I, never
2: heard, I never heard of them before. Boy, I think we're, well, I think in future I think that would be an interesting thing to touch upon from you guys' perspective because of just how um like China, like Who? how some people are how <laughs> some people just get abandoned um at a time when they probably could do with more support. Mm. Oh, definitely. And also that would limit the damage to other people, you know, in that sphere, because Unfortunately it does seem like there's a bit of you know, and even people that we know and, and love like The Rock, the battle The Rock had to do to to get out, come back in, maintain his his, his legacy was was a lot. But I I think mm. in a future episode we'll have to cover that.
3: Most definitely sounds like one, but um uh, mm. yeah, it's just it's this whole Brody Lee thing has just shown how badly handled ww really are because it's not if you're not part of the in crew then that's pretty much it then because it's shocking it's disgraceful and what i love is the fact that other superstars from within the company has challenged them about it granted they ain't responded yet probably might disappear off tv for a little bit but everyone is they're not afraid anymore they're talking up
2: can i ask a question I mean, like legitimately like to you too like so has that not always been the case though with WWE? Like that only like a select there would only be a select few favorites that would get favorable treatment and that uh, others may not have been treated so well. I mean, especially because I'm like, you know, especially with you guys, I'm watching more things like Dark Side of the Ring and mm. I'm seeing a few more things that I wouldn't definitely wouldn't have known about. And I mean, you know, we covered the Montreal screw job on our last episode on the last yeah. Western episode. And, you know, Brett, Hitman Hart and how that family was treated and stuff. So I do wonder, is that always the case? That only some people get treated the same way or has he got worse? Or it's, it's weird because, like, obviously,
1: like, way back in the day, there were the groups. So you had, like, the Undertaker's group, the Bone Street crew. And yeah. you had, like, the infamous clique, which is um, Triple H, yep. um, sure. Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels um, Kevin Nash, Scott, Nash Hall. Scott Hall, and the 123 Kid and Sean Morton. Hmm. So they yeah. they they basically were like the Bone Street crew were the people you wouldn't mess with because they would fuck you up, the Click you wouldn't mess with because they would they'll would make you lose your push, if they because they had they had because like Shawn Michaels was the number one guy regardless of how you felt with him he could fucking go in the ring he was an amazing yeah. athlete he could tell a story he could he could tell he could he could tell he could, he could do everything he was he was the whole effing show. Hmm. Um. So he had the huge ball because a lot of times he was the champion and he was the face of the company. So yeah. Um. But like. But like, you could like. But then the people that they don't really talk about like the enforcers in the WWE like um your hmm. um um your JBL Bradshaw John Bradshaw who was basically like a loyal servant, a big bruiser who would always defend the, um, the defend the, the name of the company, Ron Simmons, aka Farouk, who was the enforcer who would like, you know, you you wouldn't like you'd have so much respect for him. Um I mean he was like one of the first black champions in wrestling history for God's sake. Like as in, like heavyweight champions. And um you know he was like he, he was like known as one of the enforcers you wouldn't fuck with regardless mm-hmm, of you know, yeah. regardless. Yeah. Like if you felt back about company, he would take you out with John with, with John Bradshaw. Um but but like you know you didn't have to be so what i'm trying to say is that you didn't have to be like the top of the food chain to be treated with respect if that makes sense but you kind of had to earn your place in that it's like it's like being the high school in a sense uh yeah so for example there was a um, there's a wrestler hall of fame guy called mark henry who was um like outside of wrestling he was the world's strongest strongest man kind of thing right and um he was given like at the time, I think it was like the early 90s, I think it was the late 90s. He was given like yeah. a, a ridiculous, like very high value contract. Like, like it was like, I think it was like a million a year, something like that, something like that. Mm. And, um, but, um, but like, Mark Henry had no wrestling experience. He was just a, obviously a bodybuilder, but that's kind of the kind of the guys they go for in wrestling because obviously they have the strength, yeah. they have the look, so they kind of yeah. go for that. That's the kind of guy they look for. But, mm. like, um, he wasn't developing as fast as they would like, so they was try. So they would try, what they were trying to do was give him probably the worst storylines to make him look good or make him feel uncomfortable. To a point he would quit, okay. but he didn't quit. He paid. He basically just stayed through it and paid his dues and blah 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 blah. Got yeah. that brass ring that everyone talk. or Vince McMahon talks about all the time. Yeah. But he went through a lot of shit and like some lot of very uncomfortable storylines that uh, I'm not going to talk about. You can look them up if you want to look, up, if you want to know about them. They're, there are probably a fair share of, of videos about talking about it. But mm-hmm. um, but thing is but thing is, it kind of made it, it bred loyalty because like even though like if it feels you and me, we we're probably like yeah, fuck this company, that's some bullshit right yeah and then. But Mark Henry will not have a bad word said about the company yeah because he because you know it just he 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 it gave him his home it gave him a gave him a career he loves his career. The
2: stockholm syndrome <laughs> in, in a weird way yeah. it's like the stockholm syndrome. It's basically like actually you no know it reminds me of it reminds me of um the comic preacher mm-hmm. you know the um uh the second second trade where it goes into jesse's backstory um where oh, it talks about yeah, like how yeah, Jesse yeah. how Jesse ended up becoming a preacher in the town he was in and basically where they, you know, where they basically the brothers catch him, kidnap him, and they put him in that is it that um oh it's the coffin
0: yeah.
2: in the water with the with, with the with the tube that goes to the top. And I just remember that imagery because it basically just shows Jesse submerged in water with all these fish with a single like pipe up. And all it says is, and then I learned to love the Lord. And he come, and then the next, the next frame is him being pulled out of that coffin, covered in shit, and like dazed. And then the next frame after that is him being a preacher. And it's mm-hmm. almost like they they broke him down to that to that point. I just, it's a still that I that just literally speaks to my speaks to me and is burned into my brain. And a bit of that sounds like, what happened to Mark Henry? We're just like, <laughs> 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 yeah, I got beaten into it. <laughs> Now I love the WWE. Yeah, and definitely. I hear nothing said about it. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Cool.
3: Yeah, sorry no, about that. Sure. That's just the that imagery that just came to me when you said that. <laughs> no, that's thought that of be in a nutshell. I mean, the thing is, I mean, these couple of names that I'm going to throw out in this episode about icons of wrestling yeah some everyone will know some probably won't be too familiar with but if you mention the word icon you have to start at the top Uh-oh. and Uh-oh. Uh-oh. If, if you say sean michaels if you say no, Shawn Michaels. no right what right, right. To, uh, to, to be fair later. he is
2: i just i just despise them
3: right we'll get to that later but i'm gonna i'm just have to be be on a B level, right? You mentioned icons of wrestling. I know you're oh. gonna, you I know, I know
1: gonna say. I know he's gonna say. He's gonna the say
3: first name yeah. that has to be mentioned. Just say it. Is The Undertaker. Oh, thank God for that. Woo! Oh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think he's gonna say? Who did you think
3: he's gonna? I don't say? want to say it. Right, oh, no. because the likelihood is that the who's bro thinking might all do appeal on this list, but we'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so, Mark Calloway, aka The Undertaker. The Undertaker. A, now, God damn icon.
3: Yeah, now that man is an icon, which ironically mm. kind of links me to another name. But let's get it right. Very few people can stay in character for nearly 30 years. Mark Calloway is that man. Mm-hmm. I, I
2: would definitely give him that because believe me, until you guys until you guys are like, um, watch, is it The Last Ride? Last yeah. Ride. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking sitting there looking at me like, yeah, Mark Calloway. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm very unnerved um what who why i think i made you stop i think i actually made you pause it bro when you were like when we watched it, i was like yeah i'm unnerved i'm completely unnerved why is he doing that what's happening where's paul bearer i don't, I don't get it what's going on and and then when on an emotional journey i was literally like watching this and in tears and i was like this man's amazing he's he's phenomenal and i i'm just watching the family around him when he's going for his if you haven't watched the last ride please watch the last ride. It was, it's an emotional joke. Ju- I think the thing I, 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 that threw me off is like, is the part when he had to go in to like the arena and like, he was going to see Vince. He's like, Oh, I'll just wait here. And I'm like, what? and everyone's like, yo, yo, Hey, Hey. Like, and everyone's like, Hey, and I'm like, you're right. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And when they're showing these behind the, the, the behind the scenes of him, like giving people advice and talking to them. And I'm like, you've been traumatising my nightmares for the best part of how many years? And I'm seeing this side to you, and it's just amazing, and... I was in tears I was, from, I was literally like this man's
1: beautiful yeah I was there with, I, I, I was there I was there with you we talking about
2: I think I quite literally, I think I quite literally ordered you like a t-shirt the next day I, I, love, like,
1: I love that t-shirt I like, love that t-shirt it
2: is literally in fact, I think we spent think we spent like half an hour hunting for all the t-shirts that he wore yeah, yeah <laughs> right.
1: Mark, Cal- Mark Calloway's t-shirt game is on point oh he has some bangers God. of the t-shirts
2: man seriously there was that yellow one we were hunting for do you remember what bro- bro- the bro- the Bruce the Bruce. Lee Bruce Lee one. <laughs> yeah, oh Mark Cowley's like, oh, it. I found it. No, oh, it's out of stock. I found <laughs> it. It's it's oh it's eight. It's 80 pounds yeah, well, I'm not <laughs> Oh dear. So yeah, but definitely. You know, if, yeah.
3: yeah, I mean I haven't really got to say anything. I think mean, you've just done it all for me. I mean, with Barry. Mark Kelly's career, here is a man that not only he's been the undertaker the whole career, but been many reincarnations of the undertaker the dead man big evil early days booger red for those that know also <laughs> personally one of my favourite ones is the American Badass the Undertaker
1: and what gets me not a lot of people like that adaptation I love the American Badass it was great yeah.
3: If you literally he just turn up, someone got their ass whipped, and you'll see me heading out on a Harley. Yeah,
1: he didn't. No he questions
3: asked. He like can I
1: remember, can I remember the feud the feud he had with Ric Flair, and he beat that. Oh like, my, Lord. right. Because
3: because
1: like Ric Flair because because like because um one okay one of the things people didn't realize that like, Ric Flair could still go for years. Ric Flair is in the seventies now, so he can't really go as much. But back then, yeah. he was like probably in his fifties, but he was still wrestling like a like a, like in his like he was in his twenties or thirties. And um, he was like a manager role, but um, but the Undertaker was trying to um, incite him to get into a fight. So what the Undertaker did was find his son in the crowd and beat the shit out of his son. Wow! Right, but Whoa, it- <laughs> right.
3: right there, bro. Right. I have to take over on this one yeah, because go for it. you've literally just coined one of my favorite Undertaker moments right now. I could, well, there's defining moments where I can say I was there to watch this live on TV or etc. The beat down David Flair got, I have never seen anything like it. But just to set the story in motion, a week before, this all basically much the scenario was he wanted a match against Ric Flair because Ric Flair hit him with a, with a bike, would lead over his head and make him lose the match. Somewhere, and he wasn't yeah, having it. Yeah. Yeah. So he basically was going to do anything necessary to get this match. First, he took out Arn Anderson, which, if anyone remembers that, yeah, I remember that alone. That. It was just, the man turns up in a hoodie, walks past him, and then just knocks him out with a microphone. And, <laughs> and says, this is this is how it starts. But the David Flair beatdown, I'm, anyone with YouTube, just type in Undertaker David Flair. The, straight away, we we'll go straight to the clip. This beatdown was probably one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And what, I've, because, I've, I've, sorry, go on. No, I was going to say, the, David, oh, sorry, David Flair was in wrestling school. That's his, he's doing his tryout and sudden just heard the name A. Flair, David Flair. And then what, what happens is a 10-minute beatdown of someone's head getting put through a wall, someone's face getting rammed against a locker, then got taken to a shower, and the best part is, the undertaker is narrating this beatdown <laughs> Why Wasn't wasn't there... I, I,
1: I have it in my head. There was, a, there was a moment where he basically... They were in a chair, and he sat next to him with his arm around him, and he's, like, bleeding like lying. He goes, like, yeah...
3: One
1: could have two is yeah. <laughs> I, <thought> I, <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, okay, okay, okay. Mark, you 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 do you, mate. you do you. And, and okay, yeah, we, we gotta we got mention that David Flair was a David Flair was a wrestler. He was um he used to wrestle in WCW, and so he wasn't like he was like a <laughs> random guy he got from the street and beat the shit out of him. It was actually just he was actually a rest, He has wrestling experience, that's so all good. It runs in the
2: family. Oh no. <laughs> it's some random, he's like, in my dad's insurance, he would see his dad and then he got beat
3: up. Why he's so I mean, the narration is just on point. I think my favorite part is when he's beating him down and David Flair goes, What are you doing? And the taker goes, What am I doing? I'm kicking your ass. What do you think I'm doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just laughing, thinking, you know what? <laughs> this is him at his highest for me. I mean, Don't get me wrong. This is another man where I can probably say ninety-eight percent of his matches have been outstanding, apart from Goldberg. But we all know what happens when you take on one-dollar bill. I would also recommend to see some of his best work. I would recommend watching any of the matches he had with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania.
1: Very true. Those, those, those were the. Those were like probably top, top five best matches they ever had the first one was good the second one blew oh, chill. oh. <laughs> i think the second Ooh. one was probably better than the first one if i'm going to be honest like
3: they're both for classics
1: yeah, but the, sec- yeah. the second yeah it had match, everything because the second one wasn't was um sean michael's last technically last me- recent wrestling match so he yeah. went all out and it was just oh it was a, it was a joy to watch that match it was such a bloody joy
3: and i mean everyone knows sean is my boy right but that match when it was over, I'm it was near 3 a.m. in the morning. I'm in my room. I'm standing with tears in my eyes in <laughs> applauding what a masterpiece that match was. Yeah. I recommend anyone to watch that. But Mr. calloway dead man, we salute you here. Amen, brother. Which perfectly links me to the second
1: person. Oh no. Uh oh. Oh no. Oh boy. <laughs> Because oh, no, I'm not, I'm not a fan of this man. Yeah, because the bad thing is that I'm gonna have to agree with you on a lot of things. That's why I know who. I, I not, know, I know. not. Just say who it is, but just say it.
3: Yeah, I'm not a fan of this man, but just say it, bad Big Man. It. Just say it. Hulk Hogan.
1: <sighs> <sighs> when it comes crashing
2: down, and it. <sighs> <hurts its sighs> <side. laughs> he warned well us. To... He warned us. Oh my God. <laughs> it is warned us of disappointment oh, no, <laughs> when it comes me. crashing down it hurts inside yeah he warned us <laughs> oh God. oh my gosh okay can we give this like one minute
3: yeah don't worry i'm minute. gonna edit I, real quick
1: right but no but, but okay let's okay let's not let's not let's not call it okay let's call a spade a spade the fact of the matter is we all we all like Hulk Hogan. We back then. all because... like
2: Hulk. Ho- okay, okay. full right. disclosure: we all like Hulk Hogan. I'm not Just... even gonna try and go back in yeah. time and pretend I never did. Yeah. I did used to bloody well love Hulk Hogan. And the and, to the be Mar- fair... and the fact of the
1: matter is, um, Hulk Hogan and Chantel share the same birthday. Just
2: yes, we do. Yeah. And... um <laughs> <laughs> how did I forget that nice piece of oh, information? You know what? I am so damn proud of that. Jeez. <laughs> Oh, well, I think
3: kind
1: of your birthday God. present is be no, no, it's not. No, it's not, big man. Big man. I defended you this morning. I'm not going to defend you again. That shit.
2: Okay. <laughs> I didn't say what it was. I think I think kind of way it might be. Wow. If you ever, if you ever, I will hunt down Sean Michael's fan fiction for you and have you involved in it. I swear down, I'll do that.
0: Wow. I
2: swear down, I'll do it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay i have to fully admit straight up i'm, I'm not going to rewrite history I used mm-hmm. to be big fans and honestly like remember i remember like what hulk hogan vs ultimate warrior jeez mm. oh my god oh my, the hype that, was real that was, oh my see that was because because
1: my look at it from the, from the point of view of what i know what good wrestling match looks, looks like mm. they, it wasn't a good wrestling match but it was just like it was like watching two superheroes clash. That's the thing about it. I think that's what, I think that's what kind of hyped me up for it because like I'm seeing these two epic beings clash for the first time and it's champion versus champion. And it's like holy
2: crap, this is amazing!
1: I think that's the only match that still kind of stands up for me when it comes to those two guys.
2: But, you know what um... it is? You know what it is? It's the it's the it's the benefit of hindsight. It's the whole thing at the time, the circumstance, and the way it's set up. You're like, this is brilliant. It's like when you don't really know about good martial arts mm. and you watch something like, Oh, I don't know, American Ninja. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? No. For, Cause at the time when you watch American Ninja, you're like, Oh, this is wicked. Mm. Then you watch proper stuff and not just Jackie Chan, Jet Li, Tony Yaw. You get to basically watch a range of martial arts, like across the forum, like say from not just like from China, Japan, Korea, what have you. And then you go back and you look at it and you go, Oh, oh yeah American is awful Mm. (laughs) but at the time because of the hype of it I can't forget the hype that it was it was quite funny to watch but technically it's rubbish Mm. it's awful and I can count and because you then you become more adept to saying like say stunt coordination and stunt choreography and how it works you can start to see where Michael Dunikoff is awful because like I can count all his points one two oh yeah duck one role yeah whereas when you're watching true masters at work you're like oh that's that's amazing that's badass it's beautiful that's why i see that that those matches as mm-hmm. and, and
0: that's, that's why the funny theme. enough
2: we all said that eddie guerra was graceful and we were all like he was really and like the way that we speak, we spoke about eddie guerra we're talking about yeah he really could he really could choreograph or he really was a fantastic wrestler
3: mm-hmm. and then we get told him the to warrior and that's the thing. I mean, with Hogan. I mean, this is where I'm, I slightly differ. As a child, I was never a Hulkamania. I was more of an Undertaker fan back then. I just couldn't get into the whole eat your vitamins, say your prayers, and nah, man, sit down, granddad, man. I don't want to hear it. I had no connection with Hogan until the seventh of July, nineteen ninety-six. Okay. Wow. Now, yeah. Now, to be more specific, what that means. <laughs>
1: Mm-hmm. Was the,
3: first of the NWO. Yep. New, and yes, new World out. Order. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when the man turned up playing Jimi Hendrix, that was it. I thought, <laughs> I can roll with this. And fair play. He went from an idiot, but an idiot who actually was pretty cool. <laughs> <That's> when, <laughs> you know, he's, he's like the old aging granddad He's trying to relive their youth one last time. He's like, you know, he ain't going to last long, but you know what? Just enjoy the ride while you can. But I think with Hogan, the one thing that really irritated me was his finishing manoeuvre. A (laughs) leg drop. Come on now. (laughs) Sorry. Come on. How much people did he beat with one stinking leg drop, yeah, compared to the finishes of today?
1: He basically beat everyone. There's only one person who ever... I don't actually know this, but there's only one person who ever really kicked out of it. But it was the only reason why he kicked out of it was because because someone missed their cue. So oh, yeah. the, the story is is that um, Hulk Hogan was taken on Psycho Sid at the time. At one I think it was WrestleMania, yeah. and um, the the plan was for during the match, they have their match, and then Psycho like Sid was going <laughs> to do a um, Hulk going to do a leg drop on Psycho Sid, but then Papa Shango was going to come out and break the, break the, break and and throw it out. So it would be disqualification. But because Papa Shungo missed his cue, Sid had to kick out. So you're like, but they did it so fast, they hoped no one would notice, but people notice, obviously. And then, but, and it kind of like, so like, um, and the idea was obviously it was supposed to be kind of like hype up the return of the Ultimate Warrior, that's When the Ultimate Warrior came in to save the day, and blah 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 blah. blah. But um, yeah, that that's the only. And, I mean, and I think since since then he, the people have kicked kicked out of it. But then let's oh. be honest, it's a normal move. It's not a finisher.
3: And this is why I feel was pretty uh, pretty hilarious because yet again linking to Undertaker one last time towards his. Uh, come back in WWE. Hot Hogan, for some unknown reason, was champion. I don't know who wrote the script for that, but someone needed, needed a slap. And they kind of started the whole Undertaker-Hogan feud again. Oh, I remember that, yeah. you remember when Undertaker tied him to a bike? <laughs> yes, I do. Okay,
1: what? <laughs> he tied him to the back of his bike and drove around the arena, pulling Hulk <laughs> Hogan <back. laughs>
2: Now yeah. Again, I mean, I mean, if, we, if we knew then what we knew now... yeah. <laughs> Links the bitch we knew then what we knew
3: now um yeah maybe he was right but, um... <laughs> yeah again cataway I salute you because when he had him tied on to the back of the bike and had him literally rolling around like some bitch around the arena it was comic gold <laughs> and you're in fact teller there's only one thing that can also be two things around that which actually could top that hmm. Randy Orton giving him an RK on the car.
1: <laughs> I remember that. That, was quite funny.
3: <laughs> that was beautiful. Now, the storyline was Randy Orton being a legend killer was eyeing up Hogan's daughter, and Hogan <laughs> yeah. pretty much warned him, warned him yet again, Don't do it. I was like, Okay, sir, no problem. He saw Hogan walk off, and then you saw Randy Orton fly across the screen, a la William Shatner style, and RK on him onto the bonnet of the car. It was beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful YouTube. Do you think? Please, people, Google it. And if you know, you know what I'm on about. And my number one Hogan moment. This is down to Shawn Michaels. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the best match I've
1: ever seen in my entire life. yeah oh, yes. Wow. Wow. <laughs> because, oh, oh, oh! But can, oh, baby, can I say? Can I talk, can I say this, please, please. Can take I, it, man. Take thank it. You. Take oh, it. Right. He's okay. so excited. Okay. So yeah. the story is mm. there was there was supposed to be like a trilogy of matches between Shaw, um, between Shawn Michaels and Hulk Hogan. So it supposed to be like a legend, legend thing, where yeah. um, Hulk Hogan. Oh, she knows. be two matches. If I'm not mistaken. Actually, I'm wrong. Two mm. matches. So Hulk Hogan was supposed to win one, and Shawn Michaels would uh, would win one, and also obviously there'd be kind of a, maybe a future thing down the line Mm. but Hulk Hogan didn't want to play that game he was he basically wanted to have a match with Shawn Michaels Shawn Michaels be the bad guy and that was it so because I think Shawn Michaels found out the date the night of the match that that's that's how it's going to go down Mm. so Shawn Mm. Michaels still being like even though he's still born again Christian he still was being a bit of a bitch about the situation so he decided that you know what I'm giving this match but I am going to oversell everything <laughs> so basically what Shawn michaels did was i don't care give or take love or hate the man he gave the performance of a lifetime it was mwah, mwah, chef's kiss he was anytime because you know what, hulk hogan was basically was trying to portray that like, he's captain america he's superhero blah blah, blah. yeah so everything Hulk Hogan did so like when he, when he locked up and he threw him Shawn Michaels would go flying out of the ring and just going crazy like what the hell's going on when he got hit, <laughs> hit it was the hardest punch in the world when like <laughs> when it came <laughs> to the finisher, so we all know um, Hulk Hogan's leg drop is the, his finisher so what so what happened was Hulk Hogan sets up by doing the big boot gave Shawn Michaels a big boot so basically and then he did his thing did the leg drop it hit him so hard that Saw Michaels got back up and then flopped on the floor once again to the point where Hot Hogan was like, What the fuck are you doing? Oh, okay, you're down. Cool. Okay, pin. Boom. Two three. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was
2: it was it was beautiful. I Even... feel like I've seen pit, I've seen video of that. I feel like I've definitely seen that because I was like, seriously, what, what is he doing? He why is he acting like that? Like that wasn't that hard. Like why are you flopping on the it, floor? It was amazing. I think I've seen that.
1: Yeah, it it was oh, it was Oh, it was apt, oh that was mm, mm,
2: very nice. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <Chef's gift>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Have you got time for another icon? Oh, my God, Bro, I'm in like ecstasy right now. Yeah, I, I can chef's tell. Chef's another gift.
3: icon. That we like have to add to the list, we got, and now this icon anyone who knows me knows I absolutely adore this man, yeah, okay. yeah, and I'm lucky. Well, he's one of the few wrestlers which I can actually say I haven't been fortunate to see live yet, and to be fair, I don't think I will.
2: Right, are you gonna but... now confess about Roman Reigns? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Hey, hey, man! Look, hey,
1: hey, 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 man, hey, 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 <laughs> yeah. hey! Show respect to the, to the head of the table. Table, um, yeah. I knew it. Show knew respect. It Show respect. <laughs> hey, man, he's he's at the table, man. He's my trouble chief. What I'm,
2: right. I'm saying is that somebody in the group used to go and go and hashtag anybody but, Ray, but Ray. Yeah, I, 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 I that, that was me, <laughs> <laughs> fully. Mm-hmm. Like you Okay, okay, sorry, sorry. Um, anyway, sorry, you you were gonna say about the icon? Yeah, the yeah. Chief, no, this icon.
3: This icon have been around for decades, and he actually was briefly mentioned. I mean, hell, this guy is the Nature Boy, Rick Ric Flair.
0: Woo!
3: Ric Flair. I used
2: to. I used to. I. I used to just want to punch Ric Flair in the face every time I saw him.
1: He was doing a good job, then to be fair. If you wanted to punch, he, him was. Face,
2: he was. He did, did the job. He did the job. Um, but you know what? What's been making me kind of warm to him is when I've been mm. seeing him at rest. It sounds weird at restless funerals. Yeah, and I've been like, oh. Okay, but yeah, I hated him for years. I, I hated Ric, F- Ric Flair was up there. I hated him for years.
3: I think with Ric Flair, what it, what made me like him was, it was his promo work. That man mm. knew how mm. to get anyone animated. I mean, mm, from definitely. the days of the NWA and the legendary Four Horsemen, Ric Flair was like the guy you see in the club that was so full of himself that you wanted to knock out instantly. Yeah no matter you could be wearing a 50 pound pair of jeans he was wearing a 500 dollar custom made you can't tell me nothing limousine riding Jack. anyway anyone knows the <laughs> sentence yeah but that was i think he used to
2: hate him more than ted dibiase and i hated ted wow.
3: dibiase Money. i hated
2: ted dibiase but i think i hated <laughs> rick flair even more than ted dibiase yeah i did
1: see, i did i hate rick, rick, rick flair i didn't i did actually i, didn't, I did hate him a lot but mm. I think as he got older, that's why I liked him a lot more, even when he was a bad guy, because he was yeah. just so animated when he was a bad guy, especially when he was on the... Because when he was doing his stuff with Evolution, um, mm. which was a faction with that had um, Triple H, Batista, Randy Orton, and Ric Flair, um, that he w- he was just all... You knew right when he was the actor, he was going to do something. He was always going to do something to interfere. He's going to do something to get on your nerves. It was just just it was just a pleasure to watch but the thing is like i said i said it before he could still go in a ring and the man was 50 plus going on 60 and he's still mm. like outpacing the young the youngins man he was so good in the yeah. ring
3: so good and i yeah. think what it was for me if we take it back to i don't know 1992 it was the royal rumble now, anyone who knows wrestling knows what the Rumble is. It's probably one of the biggest events in WWE's Canada when WWE was good. It was basically 30 <laughs> men over the top rope. Last person stands get a title shot. Yep. Now, 1992, Ric Flair was contestant number six, and he won it. And actually became WWE F, at the time, champion. Mm, I remember that. He eliminated, uh, I believe, from memory. Now correct me if I'm wrong. It was a uh, Sid Justice, aka Psycho Sid. But thanks but to but some inst-
1: yeah, Hogan helped with that. He basically pulled, yeah, like,
3: Hogan, Hogan pulled him out of the bloody ring. Wow, <laughs> he literally <laughs> manhandled man out of the ring. Yeah, basically, <laughs> Shice and Flair play. won it. And that was the start of the legendary with a promo. Did with a
2: No, sorry. You know what I was. Just thinking, because you said that you had an icon who wasn't really known. Yeah. Who's an icon who's not really known? Because I I know Ric Flair. uh definitely know Mark Calloway, I and mean, I'm definitely know Hulk Hogan. So, <laughs> who's a, Who's like an a, a icon that may not be well known that you would that you props?
3: Right. So there's a few, mm. but there's one which many people seem to forget about. I think I'm a huge on so. now now this be intriguing right now bruv you probably know me better for one of better ones for wrestling
1: mm-hmm.
3: who do you think i'm talking about see now you're on the point now i'm actually quite worried <laughs> i want to say mm-hmm. mr perfect in that case you can take over yeah because i'm pretty much <laughs> no okay do you know what it's mad okay do you know what? that's mad i'm not even joking was all right. was all right said...
1: though seriously yeah.
3: yeah oh my god
2: okay, it's like... <laughs> You know, I'm not even joking, right? I'm not even joking. I was sitting here just thinking, actually, I think I hated Mr. Perfect more than Ted DiBiase, but I, but they were all most hated by Ric Flair. Mr. Perfect, I honestly was thinking of Mr. Perfect. There you go. <laughs> I was thinking in terms of hatred, not icon status. <laughs> the thing, like, when it comes to Mr. Perfect,
1: though, he's so underappreciated, under- under- but like one thing I can honestly say without shadow of death, he was by far one of the best wrestlers ever. Like he yeah. could never. He has never had a bad match. Nope. And one thing. And one thing. T- one thing that people don't really um, don't really see is that when he's wrestling, he's always like when you're when you're wrestling each other in wrestling, you're always obviously trying to win the match, but at the same time, you're trying to protect your opponent as well. Yeah. I mean, there was yeah. a, there was a, there was a match he had with Chris Jericho way back when in in WCW. Yeah, yeah, where yeah. um where um because um, Joko did this thing, or he still does it to this day, called the lion sup, where he runs to the ropes, jumps off, and oops, jump, jumps off and does like a back flip onto the opponent. Yeah, yeah. He mistimed it, and he, and the way he would have fall, would have felt, he would have felt on his neck. But um, Whoa. but Kurt Hennig, aka Mr. Perfect, seeing this instantly, put his legs up so he could fall gently and protect
2: him you and, show me a video of this yeah,
1: yeah, yeah you show me a
2: video of how like he basically would have broken his neck and mm. died in the ring if it wasn't for mr perfect seeing that and countering it yeah, yeah i do remember show, showing me
1: that yeah and like again like i said like you, you could put a bad wrestler up, up against him he would make that wrestler look like a million million bucks he he, he mm-hmm. was so he was so good and again he just doesn't does doesn't doesn't like People do remember, remember him, but he doesn't get. I don't think he gets enough praise for how he no. was. Man, he was amazing in the ring, and he. Was, I know, I mean, what the happened to him died he, he, died. He, he, died. he died. He died. He died. Like God, how many years ago has it been now? Ten. Ten? Probably really? more than that. Yeah, he died. He yeah, died years, yeah, he died years ago. Um, oh di- shit. I, um, yeah, like his. Yeah, like he had a. He had a son who was in WWE called called. Um, Kurt Hawkins, but he got released, mm. he got released during the, the Black Wednesday. Period. Black Wednesday, yeah. And, that's yeah. What he, he, and he he never really was like Kurt Hawkins wasn't a, a great wrestler. He wasn't a bad wrestler yeah. either. But um, again, he, he could he could um, he could give, be given could have been given a bit more love personally. But then you can say about a lot of wrestlers in WWE. You
2: know, I think and you I raise, think... you raise an interesting point though, bro. Because I think um, and I think listening to to Young big man speak as well over the years. About wrestling, I think that's something that's really understated is that you can have someone who's really, you know, like an icon and has that status of, you know, all the elements that make them an icon. But then what happens is there's some people who have that amazing ability to read the room and also kind of be that fall guy, I guess. Yeah. Is the best way to put it, where they have the skill set to go to be ahead of the game and be a good foible so they can make you look good. It's basically like in a band. It's great if you've got a fantastic singer. Do you have a really good drummer? Do you have a really good bassist? Because if you you, you can have an alright one, but there's a difference between having an alright one and a genius because they can they can lift up your game. And from what you're saying, that's what Mr. Perfect
3: did. Is that he actually made others you know in others excel. And funny enough, you saying that because I didn't know this until about a couple of years ago. He was very close with Brock Lesnar. Obviously. yeah yeah, they were they, <laughs> there
1: was wow. yeah, there, there was actually a story i heard about those two mm. um on when the wwe still had private jets yeah and they um got into it they kind of had like a little playful scuffle on the plane <laughs> mm. and, and like there was a moment where they both were Brock lesnar being like a six foot three f- yeah chunk H- of muscle they, yeah know, yeah, they, they end up ramming into the door of the plane while it was still in flight. Like, to the oh boom. my God. And it was like, okay guys, you need to calm yourself down. I think I was during the period during the infamous plane ride to hell if I'm not mistaken.
2: Yeah, the, pre- pla- yeah the plane ride to hell. Oh my God, yes, yeah.
1: I remember the plane ride to hell. But yeah, um, yeah they were like, they, were, I think yeah, I think, I think it was like kind of his mentor, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, because uh, funny enough in the documentary I was watching with Brock and he mentioned about Kirk's death. He was nearly in tears. He couldn't even speak about it. He goes, through it was for him, he wouldn't be where he is today. And that says a lot.
1: Mm.
0: Really that
3: says a lot. I mean, that's the thing. The term icon is a term that's been used a hell of a lot by every wrestler these days, which annoys me because that used to mean something. Mm. I mean, some of the names we haven't mentioned, we haven't mentioned The Rock, Stone Cold, mm. IRS. Now, IRS is a catchy one, yeah, because a lot of people wouldn't say he is an icon.
2: But what about actually, the Bushwackers, guys? What about
3: <laughs> the Bushwackers? <laughs> I'm just joking. Oh. <laughs> I was going if you are talking yeah. about Bushwackers, then we got to throw in Marty Jannetty in the mountain. Oh,
2: oh no. no! Marty Dash him out.
1: Dash oh. out, man. Oh. Dash him out. I didn't mind him, <laughs> I
2: didn't mind him out. He was, he was actually a good wrestler, to be fair, bless him. He's actually, he, well, he's, I, I mean, back in, as the Rockers, he was, yeah, with the, with Sean Michaels and Marty Jannetty, We one of my, they were, I mean, I used to have, like, there were two tag teams I used to like the rockers and I used to like um oh my God, there you are that's it and uh, well
3: the heart foundation <laughs> oh yeah, yeah was poorly. <laughs> talking about that, it was awesome
2: it was but look at it I mean yeah to be fair and, and Ned, what
1: happened to Ned Hart he passed away like a he couple of years ago yeah like he died
3: yeah who's still sending? I said Brett's the only one that's still standing.
1: Yeah, she pretty much. Yeah,
3: and that also pains me to say because everyone knows I am a Brett Hart fan, but his name has to be mentioned in the same sentence. He
2: does. He does. He does his yeah, own uh, icon status. Again, Brett never
1: had a bad match. Him when him and Mr Perfect got into got into the ring, they always a joy to watch them.
3: Like, yeah,
1: like, but like, yeah, like, and he has the same ability as um as um Mr Perfect that he could. Because I can't remember the name of the guy. That was this guy who was supposed to be the next big thing. That Vince loved him because he was like, he, he had the Vince look. He was big guy, muscular, good looking.
3: Um, oh, that's everyone and, that Vince yeah, was hyped up. Yeah,
1: basically. And he put him in a match with Bret, and obviously Bret can make everyone look amazing hey. with wrestling. Like, uh, and the, the match I had was 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 a hell of a match. But when he put that guy next to anyone else, he couldn't do shit. So, go, so Vince, Vince had to get rid of him. He's like, yeah, okay, I can't use you. It's like, like this is how good Brett is. So, Shanta, you remember that, Matt? You remember the SummerSlam in Wembley when it was him versus the British Bulldog? Yes. Yes, right, so, I do. Okay, so hear this, yeah. So, mm-hmm. the night before, the British Bulldog and Anvil got into a bloody drug bender.
2: Yeah, was he doing crack
1: or something? I think it was coke. I think it was. Oh, uh, coke! Sorry, I think it was coke. I think it was coke. But yeah, he got into Bender and came 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 to work, getting to do the match. Out of it, thinking like, oh shit, I can't remember. I can't remember. Oh my god, what we we were supposed to be doing? So literally, brett had to call the match, uh, match on his own, working with a Albert's head, British Bulldog, and it was a bloody banger of a match. That's how good Brett was. He could work with someone who was completely out of his head on whatever and make it look like a a slice of fried gold.
2: Nice.
3: Yeah, not many people can do that. I mean, as something we mentioned in the previous wrestling podcast, the uh, Austin and Brett Hart war. Mm. Mm. And believe you me, I couldn't wait for Austin to give Brett Hart his due because I felt... The beatdown Bret Hart got is something that we've all wanted to give that man for quite some time. You more than most, to be fair, mate. Oh, yeah, to be fair, yeah. <laughs> but it worked so well. I mean, the beating he received, only Bret can complain and made it look so convincing that in him whining so relentlessly, he became the villain. Mm. Not Here's... many people can do a double turn like that.
2: Here's a question and... i got. Sorry, Girl, what's that? I'm just conscious of our time. But um is there anyone I know you've been going so you don't you don't like the term icon being used currently because it's overused. Yeah. But do you either of you feel that there's anybody right now who potentially could reach the upper echelons? Like right now. Who who's your who are your ones to watch? Kenny Omega for me.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Kenny, Kenny. and possibly Seth Rollins.
1: Do you know? I hate to admit it. Yeah, like, I don't really like Seth that much. Yeah, but he's a company. He's, he's a company man. So company. That's the only problem. Yeah, that, but to be fair, company men seem to, do, to seem to go that way end. But but yeah, if I think if if I'm gonna choose anyone, I'm probably gonna to to be Kenny Omega because I always remember the first match I ever watched of Kenny Omega's, and it was um, when he was in a um, company called New Japan. Um, which is yeah. big, the Japan's like the like this is the Japanese equivalent to WWE, I would say, right? Um, and he was have he had this match with uh one of the probably one of the best wrestlers in Japan called um Okada. Okay, and mm-hmm. the match they had was just beautiful, it was hard hitting, Had it was high flying, it just told an amazing story. It was like it was the match, was so good, they had to do it two more times. <laughs> Wow, really? Like so, 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 so basically, so basically, the first match, so the first match, Okada won. The second Mm. match, it 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 went to a draw. The third match, Kenny won, and they still technically need to have another match. In all fairness, yeah, but the the matches were just, just amazing, and it just and like Kenny Omega can just. Put on such a show when it comes to anything. He can talk on the mic, and he's a gamer as well. So you got nothing, but I got nothing but love for, for my fellow geeky gamers. Like when a man, oh, come, yeah. when, when a man come, comes out dressed, dressed as Sands from Body Undertale to to, to wrestling engines, How can you not love this guy? But that's love right there. Yeah, right there, <laughs> and like. Oh, actually, I need to show you. Actually, I need to show you. You love this. The, um, the beef he had with um, Up Up Downtown. So it was like it was it was him. It was Kenny Omega and another t- the tag team called Young Bucks, who are technically referred to as the Elite taking yeah. on new day in a in a in a, in a gaming competition at, um, oh at, i want to see that at a3 oh yeah so um um yeah I, i'm gonna i'm gonna have to show you that but um yeah i think i think kenny omega is definitely on the way to icon stars even cody exactly. rose as well please to be fair because he's actually changed the game a lot
3: oh cody's brilliant, outstanding uh the work he's done and yeah everything you've summed it all up brilliantly hmm. but hmm. the only thing i have to say is there any name you have not mentioned in this please Contact us and let
2: us know. Oh, definitely. You can get in contact with us um, at our emails at stjudesavengers at gmail.com. You can uh, drop us a line on Twitter, which is at and andmest. And And, uh, on Instagram is um, at messeduppod. And we'd definitely be interested. I love doing this because it's like, it's an area I'm not strong on. But I like Mm. the fact that both of you not only talk about the the well-known names like, like The Rock and The Undertaker. But you like give props to those who to you know, those people like Mr. Perfect who people might not know about. And I hope people do now go and have a look at the way he used to wrestle and what makes a really good wrestler who may not be in the forefront as they should be.
1: You know? no
3: doubt. Mm. No, no doubt. Totally agree. Fully. Well. But damn. Well, that's gone very
2: quickly. That has. (laughs) that was a ride I'm, I'm interested i've now got videos to receive um oh yes yeah i mean i think that's a nice strong way to start out the new year uh i think that's a definite thing as we want to do uh we're definitely going to keep putting out content for you guys but i definitely want to do some interesting and more things uh in the upcoming uh upcoming year so you know get in contact with us shout us out like subscribe and you know do what you got to but from myself i just want to say uh peace out thanks for listening bruv
1: Have a good day. Follow me on YouTube, Instaclassic Gaming, or follow me on Twitch where I stream live on Instaclassic underscore gaming. And happy new year, everyone. Stay safe out there.
3: Big man. And of course, thank you for listening and subscribing. You can find me on Twitter at War3782 or on Instagram at Mr. Underscore Roberts Underscore V1. So excluding from that, everyone, stay safe. Have a good afternoon, evening, or day you're having. And there is no doubt we shall be back very, very soon.
2: Take care, people. Thanks for listening. See ya, Later.
3: Bye.
1: Bye. And that's why we're messed up. Produced by The St. Jude's Avengers. Edited by Instant Classic Gaming. And music produced by Box Room Music. Rest in peace, John Huber.